1: Welcome to Good Morning Football, our home to walk you through what happened all week at football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky, live in New York City, Friday, December 29th, the last Friday of 2023 on our show. I'm Jamie Erdahl, there is Kyle Brandt, Andrew Schrager, and uh, Jason McCourty, who... Was at Yankee Stadium yesterday, which he knows that, despite not having any affinity for baseball, but it's because Rutgers football was playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we
2: got to victory over Miami. Miami, I think, one and 11 in their last however many bowl Oh, no. I don't know what year. Um, So just domination. That's just what we do. I saw someone on Rutgers,
3: they put the U up, and then they went, you oh. down when you go out there and you beat them like that you can do that that's
2: the kind of oh. program that you're proud of that's disrespectful like that oh if you go out and beat somebody you can be disrespectful as hell all
3: right, right, jason. was it, it jason you're doing, right. doing it right time for the lead block Hello. we had a thursday night
2: football game
3: on prime we had all kinds of fun with our friends at amazon and look at cleveland 37 to 20. they're 11 and 5. they're going to the playoffs this is really exciting and guess who was right in the center of it all mike Garofolo caught up with the biggest story in the NFL in the month of December, Joe Bleepin Flacco. 300 yards for four
0: straight games. What's been clicking for you? Hey, you know, I'm, I'm just so fortunate to be on this team. You know, we're, we have a bunch of guys hurt, and we're still a really talented group. Kevin's calling a hell of a game every week. So all the credit. As a quarterback, you just get the ball to guys. It, it's all about them winning and getting us in the right spot. So that's what it is. Middle of the season, you're home. Next thing you know, you're flying coach. Your head's practically hitting the top of the plane. You come here, you work out. Now you're taking this team to the playoffs. They're chanting your name. Could you have imagined this? Not really, I don't think so. Especially not in this city. This city's been unbelievable. I can't say enough about it. I mean, you felt it in here tonight. Awesome atmosphere. And uh, really, really exciting to kind of get the job done and make sure we get that spot in the playoffs tonight here in front of this crowd
4: so cool. It was a party in Cleveland last night. Flacco is tremendous. They're still in second place in the division, though. They're 11-5. The Ravens play the Dolphins and the Steelers. Now, there is a scenario where the Browns could still win the division, but at this very moment, they're <laughs> the five seed, meaning they would play the AFC South winner, um, which is right now the Jaguars. But, gosh, Cleveland's so hot. So hot right now. So
1: hot. And they did that last night with Adamari Cooper, of course. Uh, playoff-clinching win by the Cleveland Browns, Jason Where do you take us
2: first? Well, you got to go first. You got to go, Joe Flacco. Back to Flacco. What what he's able to do, especially in that first half, as you're watching him, yes, I know he had to pick six. He fumbled. There were mistakes that happened in that game. But what Joe Flacco's doing, Kyle, you just saw that in the highlight towards the end of the second half where he's rolling to his left and here's Jerome Ford. But there were passes in this game. As you're watching, you're just like, Uh. this is an absolute dime to Njoku. Njoku catching a one-hand one going across the middle. It was unbelievable to watch him continue to play at this high of a level week in and week out. You're looking at it, you're like, all right, it's a short week, a Thursday game for Joe Flacco, he's 38 years old. Is he gonna be able to get up and be? Yes. He was out there and he was absolutely performing all over Twitter. You just continue to see the Vince McMahon meme, and it's the kid asking his dad, "What was Joe Flacco like on the oh, Browns?" Yeah. And he's just, he's just giving him the, <laughs> with the face, and that's what he's that's been. Funny. And it's been so fun to watch. And even last night, as you watched the game, as he's throwing the ball over the field, what I was most impressed with was the emotion from Joe Flacco. He's on the sideline screaming with Deshaun Watson. He's fist pumping after big plays. He's rallying guys. Ronnie Hickman gets the pick six. He's ch- shouting on the sideline, going absolutely mm-hmm. nuts. And it reminds you that at 38 years old, as a guy that's played this game, you're sitting at home, you're not playing, and you're still itching to get back out there. When you get your opportunity, there's not one moment, one day that's taken for granted. And you see that in Joe Flacco's play. And this was awesome to me. Just watching the guys celebrate. They've clinched the playoffs. The fans are there. We all know the history of the Cleveland Browns, what the fans have been through, all this, that, and the third. But I think this season has been so special for them because they've been counted out by everybody with all of the injuries. And here they are at the end of the season, 11-5, and five, clinching a playoff berth, and it is absolutely exciting as hell in Cleveland right now because of what they're doing, not only on the defensive side with Miles Garrett, but also on the offense with Joe Flacco and company. Down their top two offensive tackles, they essentially lose their top two wide
4: receivers. Yep. Amari didn't play. He tried to work out before the game, couldn't go, and then Elijah Moore, hopefully he's okay. He got carted off. Down their starting running back in Chubb mm-hmm. um, and down to their fourth quarterback in Joe Flacco, and they're like the best team in football. Like, mm-hmm. what? Like I'm trying to think of a playoff what? team that's had four
3: quarterbacks start in the season. Before.
4: I, I don't, I we have to maybe the Houston that. Texans when like Schaub and Leinert and all those guys Garcia were all there. I think they're the, f- and, think they're the first one. I I got got three or four, four, four is a lot. lot. Four is so many, and he threw for 296 yards the first half. It's the most he's ever thrown four and a half in his career. Mm-hmm. It's, it's outlandish. <laughs> it's 96. <laughs> and this is after a week of us crowning him. He was yeah. like, all right, let me go out there and right. throw for the most yards ever. There was a stat that I saw that if he had thrown for more yards in the second half, like they took off, they called off the dogs after yeah. that. If he had thrown for more, like, it would be the most yards thrown in a four-game span since Peyton Manning did it in 2013. <laughs> <laughs> That's Manning. what he's doing. And then there's That's this amazing. part of it where, like, he's 38. Like, you look, he looks good. Like, he looks yeah. thin. He looks, he's, like, glowing. He looks great. Really healthy. And then the pass that you referenced to Ford, the quarterback plays exquisite. We can talk about the team all we want. We will. We've got several weeks. We might be talking to them late in January in this story. Um, but I think Flacco's the story of the, the day, maybe the story of the season.
3: Well, we have such a tight research staff here, we have it in real time. The 2015 Texans okay. made the playoffs with four starting quarterbacks, Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, TJ Yates, and Brandon Whedon. Those that's wow. the last team that's done it so Whedon started wow. the game too the Texans have done it but they didn't do this formula of the old yeah, guy yeah. coming off from retirement and everything you you raised the question yesterday Peter like could he win comeback player of the year I think if they, they're they going to the playoffs especially yeah. if you win this the, the, to finish out I think he is you're in a philosophical debate with Damar Hamlin and everything he's yeah. accomplished Which Baker seems to be Mayfield different.
4: and Flacco are the two we came up with yesterday
3: it's pretty good I yeah. mean Baker's tough to beat if you go start to finish like that I, I've been watching Flacco and I like we all have. It's like, he, I feel like he's never played this well with the Ravens. Like you had the playoff run, but mm-hmm. that was a lot of defense and a lot of running. Like he wasn't doing 296 in the first half. Understand, I, I mentioned this in the highlight. The Jets have not given up 280 in a game all season. Mm. And remember, they've played Dak, Josh Allen twice, Tua twice, Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. They played the big dogs and nobody's hit 280. He hit 296 at halftime. But we're all trying to characterize Flacco right now. And I think I finally reached how I feel when I watch him. He shows up to the stadium like an old golfer shows up to the course. His body language, his calm, his confidence, he runs in at 7.29, he rents clubs, he doesn't have a tee time, he doesn't go to the range, he jumps in with a group of three that needs a fourth. Hey, nice to meet you, I'm Joe. He puts that ball down on that first tee and blasts it 315 yards. He is so confident, so loose. He plays the game like he's got a, you know, in his golf cart, he's got a Yeti of Tito's with just a little lemonade. He's already You know what, he's already a made man. It's fine because, you know, you come to find out as you're playing your 18 holes, like, yeah, back in the day, I used to play a little bit. Oh, really? Tell us about it. Eh, it's no big deal. I just, you know, I won the, the championship. It's in, and, you know, it's like, he's not totally chill the whole time. He gets excited when he makes a big shot and he gets a little mad when he misses a shot. But there's a famous golf quote that I really attribute to Flacco right now. And it's Bobby Jones, who basically invented the Masters and Augusta and all that, and he said, you swing your best when you have the fewest things to think about. Look at some of the guys we've seen this year. Look at, look at young Bryce Young. It, it looks like he's getting over the golf ball. My hands, my feet, my shoulder, my head, my shot. I remember Justin Fields earlier this year was talking about, I have too many things in my head, and he was being overcoached. Flacco is so loose. He's like, I got nothing to prove. I'm Joe Flacco. I'm going I'm to get this team to the playoffs. And if I don't, fine. But I have never seen, like, even, even Brady in the middle of championship runs and all these greats. They're they wound pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Flat goes so loose, it's almost like a little anesthetized, you know what I'm saying, like he comes, he's like, yeah, I'm cool, Yeah, I had one before the game, I feel great, I'm gonna throw it here, I'm gonna throw it here, he's got this vibe of like the chillest golfer on the course, who knows how to play the game, he's gonna play with some kids, and maybe he'll make par, maybe he won't, but if he does, (laughs) great, if not, fine, it's really cool, and I really identify with it, just being on courses, never being that guy, but you see that guy, you always want to play with that guy, and I feel like that's how the Browns feel.
1: And if you are one of those three that he dropped into your group, you go up to the beer cart at the turn and you're like that guy already got your round it's like he's so cool he like already did it in advance like I didn't even see him go over there how did he pull that off that was ridiculous we love that guy he tried to attribute all of his success like Joe Flacco normally does to his teammates you know Mm -hmm. like gotta push the ball up the field I love throwing to these guys Kevin Stefanski's calling a great game for him offensively Stefanski now only the second Cleveland Browns coach to have multiple 10 win seasons behind Paul Brown which is crazy which is another campaign that maybe we should talk about in terms of Coach of the Year for Kevin Stavansky. Brown's fourth straight win last night as we take a look at how Cleveland compares to another hot team in the AFC. And that is the second come-running team, or maybe the OG in the month of December, if you will, and that is the Buffalo Bills. Here is how they have fared since week 14. They are scoring at a comfortable clip. They are holding teams. Their defense has stepped up. And there is a vibe about the Bills that you kind of anticipated seeing because it's the Bills and it's Josh Allen. Maybe what everything Cleveland has gone through, you didn't anticipate this. So scare your surge for a contender at this point. Is it the Browns, Jason, or is it the Josh Allen Bills?
2: I'm going to stick right with the Cleveland Browns on this one. And I think, obviously, with... The Bills and with Josh Allen, there's so much unknown. You don't know kind of which team you're going to get. We watched him beat down on the Dallas Cowboys, and that was running the hell out of the ball. We've seen Josh Allen go absolutely off. But with this Cleveland Browns team, I think – the resiliency of this team, of everything they've gone through, they continue to just show up. And I think for a team, when you're going against somebody like the Cleveland Browns, you know no matter how big of a haymaker we throw in the first quarter, the fourth quarter, whenever it happens, that they're still going to be there and they're still going to be fighting. So right now I'm rolling with Mm. the Cleveland Browns. It's good. If you look at those two logos, Browns and Bills, for the entire 2000s, those were two
4: of the worst franchises in football. Like You'd put that on a Thursday night game and there'd be six, six people watching and they were from Cleveland and Buffalo. Now that the two hottest teams in football. It's kind of cool. And I'm wearing a Bucks jersey. They've won four straight. So we're talking about three teams that are not historically, you know, in the last 20 years, been those hot teams. I'm going to go to Buffalo, and hear me out. I love what Cleveland's doing, obviously, and I love Flacco. I feel like this particular Buffalo team has been through so much and has hit the valley, like almost the nadir this season, and it's they've made it through the other side, and there's like a light at the end of the tunnel that they might be playing with a little bit of house money here. They didn't, you know, a month ago, we never thought in a million years that the Bills would be contenders to not only make the playoffs but to, to actually win the AFC East if the Dolphins lose this week to the Ravens and lose to the Bills and the Bills went out the Bills will have swept the Dolphins and they'll be the two seed in the playoffs so like to me this Bills team we all thought they were Super Bowl contenders they laid an egg for the first 13 weeks of the season and here we are going into week 17 and it's suddenly oh wait they are Super Bowl contenders they've been through so, so much as a unit they've been through the playoff games they've won huge playoff games. They've lost huge playoff games. They've been through controversy. They've been through tragedy. This unit, to me, if they get another two wins and end the regular season as that hot team, Mm -hmm. it's like, all bets are off. They might be your Super Bowl champions. But they still got work to do. You know what I mean? Like they, The Browns punched their ticket. The Browns
3: are going. The Bills, like those, these last two games might be tricky. And I, I just I, I go to the logo thing like you do. And which one do you want to see? I'm, I'm thinking of that video that we all saw of the Michigan football team when they found out that they were playing <laughs> Alabama. And judge that what you will, it, it wasn't exactly a triumphant reaction. If you're sitting there and you're one of these division leaders, whoever, and like the Buffalo logo pops up, I don't think you're excited. The Browns won either, for sure. To the golf analogy, Josh Allen is completely different than Joe Flacco. He's got like the simulator and the <laughs> state of the art, like that white-headed driver, like super expensive clubs. He's on the range for three hours. He drives it 400 yards. It's probably Buffalo because Allen can just do more things that Flacco mm-hmm. can't do. It's really close though, and they may play in the playoffs if if Buffalo gets there. I think it's I think it's Buffalo just because the ceiling of their quarterback is higher. It's a great question, though. Mm-hmm. Really good.
1: There is a divot in the green that you approach, and you're like, oh, Josh must have been here. Like, yeah, you, big-ass you, you, you hear him like, oh, from yeah. three holes away, and you're like, oh, Josh is playing
3: I think right Josh now. would replace it, though. You know, no, he would
1: do a the good little point. thing. My I think mistake. he knows the etiquette. <laughs> My mistake. Respect to uh, how Josh Allen respects the game. Uh, respect to Ian Rappaport. Good morning to you, Rap Sheet. Big golfer. Uh, big golfer, here, yes. All right. Uh, talk to us about guys who pay for your beer at the turn and replacing your divot and uh, Elijah Moore. Scary incident last 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 night, what's
5: the latest with Jets wide receiver? we get to Elijah Moore and the rest of the injuries in a second. First of all, love a guy who pays for your beers or transfusions or whatever at the turn. Respect there. The one thing I keep thinking about with the Flacco-like golfer, and I've played with a couple of those guys, Uh they all say the same Uh thing. They get on the tee, they're putting their glove on, and they all go, hey, anybody got a tee? And you're like, ugh. All right, and you throw him a tee, because obviously, and then they bomb it 315 yards down the middle, and you're like, all right, this guy's probably going to take a little bit of my money. Today, uh, which, you know, a lot of golfers i played with have been there. Anyway, let's turn our attention to the football field and get to some of these injuries. Elijah Moore, you mentioned it. A scary one last night, a hit along the sideline, ended up shaking while on the ground. Certainly something scary to watch was placed in the NFL's concussion protocol after being evaluated for a concussion was pretty quickly ruled out. So potentially more updates today, but obviously his status now in doubt for the next week. And you hope Elijah Moore uh, is in a good posi- uh, good position today. Meanwhile, a player who has been cleared from the NFL's concussion protocol, that is C.J. Stroud, the Houston Texans starting quarterback, met with reporters yesterday and said very simply, I missed it. He was gone two weeks, Case Keenum was the starter, held it down, went one and one, very solid job by, by Case Keenum in a really big spot. But now the starter is back, was a full participant yesterday, No issues after what he described as the worst concussion of his career. C.J. Stroud officially back. We still do not know the status of Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars' starting quarterback. Doug Peterson talked to reporters yesterday and said he was supposed to be a limited participant in practice. He was not. Officially DNP dealing with a shoulder sprain in his right shoulder. We've seen Trevor Lawrence play through a lot, a lot. Uh, Various lower leg injuries this year. Several times we did not think he would play. This is a tough one. It is a throwing shoulder, and it might actually, guys, boil down to a coaching decision. Do you want a far less than 100% Trevor Lawrence, or do you want a 100% C.J. Beathard? That is an interesting decision that faces Doug Peterson. Perhaps we get a resolution today. And then Brock Purdy was knocked out last week with another stinger. Second week in a row he watched as Sam Darnold, interestingly, uh, seemed to engineer an almost comeback for the San Francisco 49ers. Purdy was a full participant on Wednesday and yesterday. Said he would be good to go, and he had no issues going forward.
1: All right, Rap Sheet, appreciate you and all of your golf insights and your news hits. Uh, talk to you in a little bit. Still come on Good Morning Football. Good Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, they control their own destiny in the NFC East. Can they lock things up this week in their division? Lane Johnson awesome. is joining the show. To come on, and we're going to pick his brain right about that.
3: you want to talk to Lane. Plus... Jamar Chase does not seem too concerned about facing the Chiefs defense this weekend. This weekend, the defense. Jamar's talked a lot this year. It's fun. We're going to hear what he had to say about that defense right after this Mad Minute breaking down every game.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
1: We're back on Good Morning Football. We're going to take you to Cincinnati first, where DeMar Chase did not shy away recently from telling reporters exactly what he thought about the Chiefs' defense ahead of their matchup on Sunday.
6: What stands out about
4: that secondary for the Chiefs? If I'm being honest, nothing. They just know how to... Players. They know the leverages, they know what splits we're in. They just know what we going to do, certain movements. Um, they throw a little double-doubles at us to stop the two best players on our outside, and that's all they do. I mean, it's not really like they got a Jalen Ramsey on these squads, you know what I'm saying? So, not much. Yeah, that's good.
1: If I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. It's time for a round of Mad Minute. We're going to start with that game. The Bengals <laughs> take on the Chiefs. The Chiefs look to clinch the AFC West with a win, which would be their eighth straight division title. Peter, are you watching that nothing secondary for the Chiefs or yeah. something else? they got a good
4: team. Like, LeJarrius Sneed <laughs> and Trevor, they're the second-best defense in the league. Like, nothing. they're really good. And the uh, defensive end, yeah, they don't Ramsey. All right. Huge game for both teams, obviously. The Bengals' season probably in the balance in this one. Going into Arrowhead, a place where they've won before, but different quarterback at play. To me, I'm all eyes on the Chiefs' offense. Can they get this thing going? Yeah. It's been in a rut, and obviously they've lost three of their last five. It's unfamiliar territory. But I'm very curious to see if they can just put up 20, 30 points here because mm. if they don't, they're not winning the playoffs.
2: No doubt about it. Jerick McKinnon on IR. Don't know if Pacheco's going to be able to play, so a lot of question marks go there. But I go to Jamar Chase's comments. I wonder, is he going to play with a shoulder? And you just right. mentioned uh, McDuffie. You mentioned Sneep. They have one of the best secondaries in the NFL. On the other side, the Bengals are giving up the most, I think, 30th and 25-plus yard plays. So they're giving up the big plays. Their secondary on their side. So I want to see how the Chiefs' secondary responds. They're going to see this. They're going against those guys. I want to see that matchup all day long.
3: I would just like to see Travis Kelsey. He's I, 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 a superstar. He's yeah. the first ballot Hall of Famer. We need a touchdown. We need some big plays. They need you, Travis. we got to take this to new heights in can, the offense. Can, can, can I ask the
4: ex-player something here? Sure. You know, last year the mayor came out with the scarf and talked about Burrowhead. Yes! In a locker room, what resonates more? When someone who has nothing to do with it talks smack or when a player like Chase comes out and says that?
2: Oh, player. Like, the, yeah? the mayor didn't in the football. For Chase to look at them on film and say, ah, nothing special, you're just like, have you you haven't we haven't watched us. We're second in points per game. We're shutting people down.
3: I will say, our, David and Joku blasted our guy Adam Rank last sure did. night. So. Yep. You see that? Njoku won. They to punch your playoff ticket. And Njoku, the star of the Browns, goes. Adam Rank, guy blue, he sucks, and I'm like, whoa, ho, 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 easy, Chief. Why would you go after Rank? Apparently, Rank had been on against critical the critical of the ground. Yeah, all right. Well, what does
1: he think about when Rank plays a security guy for a ball? I think as he a probably loves it. Right, exactly. Uh, I heard that in New Heights, by the way. Next, the Patriots <laughs> face the Bills, and the Bills are the sixth seed in the AFC East, entering. Week 16 in the AFC as a whole, Jason. What are you looking for to this game?
2: The Buffalo Bills. You look at it, the New England Patriots already beat them once, and that was a game we kind of look back on. here. just, I can't believe they lost that one. But Buffalo's playoff chances. I remember Peter a few weeks ago it was like it was like that 14%, and now they're sky high. So I want to see how they respond. I'm looking at Stephon Diggs. He's been kind of quiet throughout this run of theirs. Belichick likes to take away your best players. Is he going to be able to get something going in this game? I'm looking at Stephon Diggs.
3: Yeah, I'm looking at Belichick. Is he going to be in his bag this game? Like yeah. mm-hmm. this. He's done a little bit of the spoiler thing. Do you know how much he would just make his his month mm-hmm. if he could just beat Buffalo and potentially lead to them not making the playoffs? We don't know how much longer we going to get a Belichick. This yeah. this might be the end. He has a lot of wins against Buffalo. I think he's going to empty the bag, almost kind of Ernie
4: Adams style. Nice, here. Some yeah, just Ernie. Find some Kyle, right you're having a day. You're in your stuff. bag. Yeah. This is the last time these Bills fans will see the team unless the wild card teams oh. all advance and that like a lower yeah. seed can play them if the Bills make the playoffs in their building last home game and going into this big Dolphins game, don't take your eye off the ball. Go out there. And I know the Patriots have played well. They've actually fought really hard the last few weeks, and they beat Denver, obviously. Don't lose to the Patriots if we're going to hype you up as this team that's surging.
2: I saw Bill 11 losses is the most he's had as a head coach. Right now, they're at 11. They lose this one. He sets another record, most losses in his head coach.
1: Goodness gracious. That's uncomfortable. Next up, the Raiders take on the Colts. The Colts looking to keep their playoff spot. Kyle, do you go to the team with the head coach who refers to himself in the third person.
3: I don't. Oh. I, I'm actually going to the Colts. Okay. <laughs> I think you're talking about Antonio Pierce. Yes. Yeah. I'm going go with the Colts. I hope the Colts haven't gone where we can't follow. Yeah. It's, Sometimes the come running team is coming down the stretch and they, their legs lock up and mm-hmm. they just kind of fall on their face and you almost made it. it. This it's gone dark the last couple of weeks. The Gardner Minshew story has been swept aside for the Joe Flacco story. Let's see if the Colts can get on their feet. I, Peter, the scenario is probably pretty complicated for them at this point. You don't need to break it down. Colts but.
4: could still make it. Yeah. Colts have a much better uh, way in than the Raiders, who I did tell yesterday need the Chiefs to really lose two and they need to win out too. This Aiden O'Connell story is interesting. You got two hmm. more weeks to the season unless they make the playoffs, which is a long shot. Is he your starter next year or are you tearing it down again and then it's Garoppolo back? So you gotta make all these decisions. Let's see if Aiden can have a better game than they did last week where he didn't complete a pass for three quarters. Yeah
2: I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at AP and the Raiders right now to your point. <laughs> They're still, they put up 63 points a week before against the Chargers. And they beat the Kansas City Chiefs last week. I want to see how this team continues to perform underneath him. The fire that they play with, everything that they have. Gardner Mitchell had some interceptions through one to Jesse Bates last week. To your point, let's see if they can get off the mat and keep this thing going. In the seventh spot right now in the play. Josh
1: Jacobs uh, still hasn't practiced this week. Mm-hmm. Zamir White had 145 rushing mm-hmm. yards last week. An incredible story for that running back. If you want to go take a look, it's fantastic. As we move on to the Steelers and the Seahawks, both teams, they are also fighting for a wild card spot. Peter, I feel like every tee-up is they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. Yeah,
4: it's fun. My favorite crew of uh, the Fox guys, I love them all, but obviously, you know, I'm a Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma crew. I love that. Those guys are going to be on this one. I mention them all the time. This is the perfect game for them up in Seattle, right up there. And I'll tell you, you just talked about Zemir White, the running back. We talked about James Cook George Pickens could be the season saver for the Steelers. 195 yards last week. He goes up against this really talented Seahawks team that's been pulling rabbits to their hat. Can they get Pickens going again? Because the Steelers, yes. we wrote them off three times no, no. this season.
3: Here they are. You've said many times you don't like Burkhart. You, I'm not of a mi-
4: Burkhart. I'm not an Olsen guy. <laughs> bad guys. That's your right. That's you can... Universally known as bad. No, just kidding. I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you, you just mentioned George Pickens. Can he pick it, work it his way back? Is he going to be available, or is it going to be Mason Rudolph out there at the quarterback position? As much as you talk about George Pickens going off it was Mason Rudolph who got in who was throwing the ball up to him and getting that thing going so do they just continue to go with Mason hey he was a hot hand performed really well against the Bengals I want to see Mason Rudolph if that connection still goes if he's a quarterback
3: Christmas bonus here I need the Steelers to play well you know why you know what I was doing at my house yesterday this is me yesterday for about an hour that's my son and that's his TJ Watt fathead that is in his bedroom. I purchased it for him. I have never applied a fathead before. It's an incredible product, but those air bubbles are little bastards. You yeah, got to get real, real tight. tight. <laughs> you got to scrape it with like a like a debit card. And Calvin worships DJ Watt. And he keeps asking me, are the Steelers going to make the playoffs? This deals? I'm like, I don't know, son. They've had quarterback problems. I don't know if they're making the playoffs. I feel like I'm going to make the playoffs. i got to peel that thing down and go get, like, a Miles Garrett one or something. I don't want to do it. Spent a lot of time on it yesterday. Pittsburgh, give us something. Some of
1: those bubbles are come running bubbles, too. I, like, yeah. you, you lay it, and then you see it. You're like, God, i got to go
3: so back. True. How perfect is it? The Steelers are a bubble team. There's literal bubbles on my son's fathead. Can head. I make a suggestion? Yes.
4: yes. Yaya Diabi, fathead. I'm telling you, this is the this is the guy. Can right. I get one? I mean, is I, it sold out? we got to make it work here. Yaya Diabi, Calvin will love it. Okay. Let's go. <laughs>
2: back on Good Morning Football. We got a treat for you guys All this right. morning. We're now going to be joined by four-time Pro Bowler and Philadelphia Eagles Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. Please give a warm welcome to offensive tackle Lane Johnson. What up, Lane? Let's go, baby. What's happening, man? It's so good to see you this morning and I just mentioned that you're the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the Eagles, but I want to take a look back at the moment where you found out that you were going to get this award. This award a lot of times just go to somebody who gives a bunch of money to a charity and does a bunch of out in the open, right? And we all know that. But that doesn't take away what you mean to the guys in this room, in this building, this these people. That's why they're nominating you because everybody finally sees who you are. And when I think of a man, I think of somebody who weathers the ups and downs of life, how you move forward. You're
6: doing better than I've ever seen.
2: And it's so awesome to see. Lane, I want to hear about the work that you're doing with mental health awareness and military families. But first, just take us through that moment of hearing your teammate, Jason Kelsey, talk about you in that form or fashion as you received his nominee.
6: Yeah, I mean, it was a really neat moment. Uh, it just came as as a surprise because, you know, we're in the O-line meeting room and, and we're just talking ball the whole time and then automatically switches to that. So I'm humbly honored. I just hope to be a great representation of what my community means to me, um, what the NFL community means to me. And then, yeah, as far as mental health, you know, I had my battles uh, back a few years ago. I was dealing with the injury and, and want to retire and get away from the game. And so I had people bring me back and... You know, after being open with it, I think it helped a lot of people, players and just regular people. And, uh, yeah, with the military families, I hired uh, uh, my trainer, Gabe Rangel, who's a Marine, about six years ago. And so at uh, his former job, he was doing stuff with uh, Gold Star families uh, and helping them out. And so we've been doing that the past couple of years and really getting to know these people and uh, understand their stories and, and what they've overcame and, and um, how they're doing a lot better uh, today.
4: We love having you on the show, man. We are such fans of you, and it goes back, obviously, your entire playing career. But when you opened up a couple of years ago with Glazer on mm-hmm. Fox about your, your battles with mental health and how you're coping with it, I think you shed a light on who you are, and you also inspired a lot of people to go seek help themselves, and it means a lot here at our table. I, I look at this Eagles team from the outside. I'm not there. I know you guys have been through so, so much this season. Um, you've been tested. There's been changes in the coaching staff on defense, all this stuff. Yet here you are, 11-4, and you still have a shot at the one seed. What's the vibe in the building right now? And Can you just kind of shed a light on what you guys are going through as you just won a game and yet the reaction afterwards was, yeah, they won a game, but. Yeah,
6: Yeah, I just feel like, you know, when you look at our offense this year, I feel like there's not a time where you can say that we've, fully optimize, you know, what we have. So I think that's the feeling that we have, you know, within every one of us. So, you know, we've had our moments, but, you know, at the same time, I thought like we're making games a lot more difficult than what they need to be. So, you know, another great two weeks to clean it up uh, and get on the same page for playoff start. So, but yeah, I mean, this year is different. You know, you're coming in with high expectations, obviously tougher schedule. So you have to be able to, to waver the storms and, and uh, push through it.
1: Lane, uh, Gardner Minshew, a quarterback that's been in your room in the last couple of years, recently talked about how he admires Jalen Hurts so much as a leader and how he comes into a room and he doesn't change. He is cool, calm, and collected. Recently, Hurts has taken a lot of responsibility for the team's offensive struggles. What does Jalen do for this team as you view it and the importance and the value as a quarterback but also as the leader in your room?
6: Yeah, he's, just, he's very poised through every situation he's been in, in the NFL, ups and downs, he's always had the same approach, always had the same message. And I just, you know, nobody faces more criticism than the NFL quarterback. They deal with a lot. But uh, with him, I, I just think with his mannerisms, his, his body language, and how he works, I think, is why he's been able to do what he does. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're... We went through some adversity this year, but you know, here we are, we're in a great position to uh, you know, get these next two weeks and, and see what happens. You sure are. Meanwhile, Lane, we're in this era of wildly sophisticated offenses,
3: but the most talked about mm-hmm. play in the NFL is one where you guys just shove the crap out of people for a couple mm-hmm. yards. Tush push, brotherly shove. First of all, what do you guys call it? How do you refer to it? And what is it like for you personally to run that play?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's just the basic quarterback sneak, you know, I remember Tom Brady being very good at this play uh, in New England for a long time. So, you know, we got some big guys up front, you know, the left side's a little bit bigger than the right side, uh, probably about, about 60, 70 pounds. So they probably get a little bit more push. But yeah, I mean, it all starts with Kels. You know, he his nose is skimming the ground whenever he's firing off the ball. So I just think, you know, that obviously helps the, the weight. But yeah, it's just it's one of these plays that you run throughout your career, and then you know, it's just all you know over the past two years it's just been highly successful and, and something that we've been really good at. But it's taking its fair share of criticism, and, and I understand. So, but for now, it's legal, and, and we'll probably keep running it. <laughs> To your point, what would you respond with to those who would say, we should look at this and we should ban it, this is not football, we should do something about this? Well, keep looking. I, mean, I think you do the analysis of what we're doing and then look at the quarterback sneak that's been around for since football's been around. So it's not like it's came out of nowhere. It's just all of a sudden being talked about because you know we're decent at it. So, So take a long look at it.
2: Take a long look at it. I like that. Lane, appreciate you coming through this morning. And also, good luck uh, with the Walter Payton Man of Year nominee. It's going to be at NFL Honors in February. We'll be rooting for you, man. Thank
6: you. Appreciate y'all.
1: All right, we've stepped away from the desk, yeah. which we love to do on a Friday morning, and we're taking another trip to an arcade. Claw Droppers is the name of the game. We get our quarters out. We pick a player or coach, coach or a scenario. Heading into week 17, Peter, where are you taking this bad boy?
4: You know, we've got a Greg Olson, Kevin Burkhart, Aaron Andrews' crew going to Tampa Bay for Saints-Buccaneers. Yeah. The Buccaneers have won four straight games. Baker Mayfield is the story. But I am rocking a Yaya Diaby jersey this morning. Mm. Yaya! The guy is I'm seeing the machine is Yaya Diaby. There he Ooh. is. with a visor. It's awesome. Yaya didn't play, really, the first five uh, weeks. Wasn't cool. a starter. He has shown up, and he has been a defensive game wrecker and is making a case for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yaya Diaby out of Louisville. The guy is a pass rusher. both he and Kalajic. Two rookies kind (laughs) of leading the way for the Buccaneers' defense right now. First time a lot of people at home are watching the Buccaneers in several months. Yaya Diaby, number zero. Keep an eye on him. Making a case for defensive rookie of the year. When Peter rides for somebody, he rides hard. I want this guy to have five sacks this
3: weekend. Let's go, Yaya. Come on now, baby. Number zero?
2: Yes. Yes, The number zero is clean. The visor the whole nine. He's going to be chasing after quarterbacks. And I have a quarterback in this machine that I want to pull up. Let's go get this thing going. Pull up my quarterback. Who do you guys think I'm going with? Steady. Steady! The Denver Broncos have moved on from Russell Wilson. Jared Stidham will start for them. They're taking on the Chargers. All right, this happened last year. Stidham was with the Raiders, yeah. a bench car. Stidham goes in their First game. <laughs> Is against the 49ers, 365 yards, three mm-hmm. touchdowns, threw two interceptions too as well. they didn't in right, the game, but they fought hard. And Stiddy was out there letting it fly. Do the same this year. Go out there and just chuck the ball all over the field. I'm looking at my guy, Jarrett Stidham. This yeah, There's so many people. Diabhi
4: and Jared Stidham, in Week 17. Who are you guys? Gosh. They matter.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, let bring my guy up because I, my my guy, his toy was a little damaged. Maybe maybe you don't um, want this toy. Come on, Brock. Look how excited he is. Uh, Brock Purdy had a nightmare game last week. Just nightmare. He threw four interceptions. You saw it. And then there was this question, is he even going to play? The stinger thing, should we sit him and go with Darnold? They're at Washington. Weird game. Peter can tell you what crew it is eventually. It's not the number one crew. (laughs) He says he's good to go. He's going to play. I still believe in Brock Purdy. If you jumped off the bandwagon and all fraud this, fraud that... 20 minutes ago, he was going to win the MVP, yep. and now everyone's like, sit him for Darnold. I stick with Brock Purdy. I think he's going to have a massive statistical game against Washington. Four interceptions last week, four touchdowns this week. Brock Purdy, that's my guy.
1: Elsewhere in their division, I go here, I go here, and then I give it the Pete Carroll backwards hat treatment. Ten days ago, Pete Carroll showed up at his press conference. Everyone was making fun. 72-year-old man for wearing a backwards hat to the press conference? Come on now, this man can do whatever he wants. Have you seen him run up and down the sideline? It is ridiculous. The admiration that his players have for him. He, there was an article, fantastic article that came out on Seahawks.com yeah. about how much he has fallen in love with Geno Smith. Geno Smith Smith watched the USC-Texas game, the playoff game, when he was a 15-year-old, hoping that Pete Carroll sure. would give him a scholarship to USC. It never panned out that way. But the fact that Geno Smith can now play for Pete Carroll, the guy that uh. he watched when he was a child, is like making everyone's dreams come true. And then the quotes Pete Carroll has said about Geno Smith, conversely, are fantastic. Seahawks, if they win their last two, uh, it's against the Steelers, it's against the Cardinals, mm. they're in and I don't really want to mess with the Seahawks team either in January, mm-hmm. that's 1-4 straight because mm-hmm. it's gone game winning drive, game winning yeah. drive. And then we'll see what happens the next time. You
3: heard weeks. game winning drive I just I, I thought you were talking about Vince Young. I, just, I, I
1: know. I'm sorry. What's up, v- uh,
3: I'm still running. Still, still, running. still <laughs> running. Still, still running. Sorry, buddy. Still running. Oh
1: my gosh. Uh we gotta you pull. That
2: lateral? Why? I don't know why. Michael Griffin making plays in that one. What's up, Griff? Uh
1: coming up, Puka Nakua <laughs> is having quite the season in LA. Are we ready to crown him offensive rookie of the year? We're gonna give us uh your our thoughts on Puka and then some next as
3: CMFP Friday rolls on strange lateral
0: you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower